So we are at the beginning of our Feast of Tabernacles. And um, last week I shared with you, I told you before the end of the service on Saturday night that tonight would be an anointing service or I would pray for everybody. So we're going to do that this evening. So the word will be short. And then I'm going to minister to everybody. Amen. And we're going to trust God tonight. So I'm not going to share too much, but let's just dive right into it. First of all, it's so important that you understand why we celebrate the feasts, what they represent. We don't celebrate it in a traditional way. We celebrate it because of the meaning and because it's something that God has implemented. Listen, we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate Thanksgiving. We celebrate Independence Day. We celebrate different things. The, the, the devil even celebrates Halloween. You know what I mean? But, you know, we, we don't celebrate those things. We, why is it so quiet in Vera Beach? There's too many new people in the church. You need to go listen to my sermon on trick or treat. <laughs> there are days dedicated, consecrated for certain things that have been implemented from years gone by. We celebrate them. God has days like that as well. Seasons like that as well. God, God with, with the Bible, there's days and there's seasons in the kingdom. And when we enter into a season or a day, God does incredible things during those times. Let's take a look real quick. Leviticus 23, verse number 2. Leviticus 23, verse number 2. It says, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Now watch. These are my feasts. In other words, these feasts belong to God. He is the one who implemented these feasts for a very specific purpose. And you'll understand, hopefully, by the end of tomorrow, why. So we celebrate these feasts. In Deuteronomy 16, verse 16, it says this. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that's the Feast of Passover. At the Feast of Weeks, that's the Feast of Pentecost. And the Feast of Tabernacles, we're right there right now. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. There are many feasts in Scripture. I'm not going to go into all of them, but there are specifically three feasts that God overemphasizes. And those are the feasts that we as a church celebrate. Pentecost, Passover, and Tabernacles. It doesn't mean that we don't recognize the significance and the symbolism of the others. But we celebrate these feasts because these feasts have got everything to do with Jesus. Now, Leviticus 23 verse 34 says this, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. So the Feast of Tabernacles lasts for seven days. And in fact, if I'm correct, the Feast of Tabernacles on the Jewish calendar actually begins tomorrow. So tomorrow it actually begins. Now, some of you may be aware of the fact that, we've, that, that in the Jewish calendar there's actually been a celebration of feasts going on already. The Feast of Rosh Hashanah, that's been taking place and we've already had the Day of Atonement, but if you want to learn about that, you'll have to come tomorrow. Okay? What the Feast of Tabernacles represents 
is when God delivered the children of Israel into the wilderness, what happened was they had, they had temporary abodes. They lived in, a, in temporary little buildings called Sukkot or, or booths. And they lived in these little tents and Sukkots and, 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 and these, little, these little, little, little like huts and things that they would build everywhere they, they went. And what God said was he wanted them to have a holy convocation, a set time where they would remember his provision, his protection, and his presence that was with them when they were in the wilderness. So what happens is that the, the children of Israel, every year they would, they would build these booths and, and then they would go and they would sit in these booths. It's almost like a little, it's just got four little posts. Some of them would have three posts and they would have three walls and they would sit under them. And for seven days, the family would spend time together and they would recognize the goodness of God. They would remember and give thanks for the goodness of God. So when we celebrate tabernacles, we celebrate God's provision, God's protection. We celebrate His goodness. And the thing that you must understand about the wilderness experience, like, my, like Pastor, Mark, Pastor Mike shared just a while ago, there was nothing ordinary about the provision of God in the wilderness. God wants you to understand that He is supernatural, that He can do anything. And during the feasts and this time of the year, it's a new year, and God renews things. He blesses people. I've seen the most incredible miracles during tabernacles, specifically this time of the year. He blesses. He, 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 he renews. He, he makes all things new this time of the year. In the, in, the, in, in the calendar, in the Jewish calendar, this is when it happens every year. And every year I have seen God move in a miraculous way. He wants you to bring an offering to Him, He says, not because He needs your money, but because He wants to bless you. That's what He did back then. Is that okay? You do whatever you want. I'm not trying to get your money, okay? I'm telling you what they did. There was covenants and renewals that took place during these two feasts that have just taken place, Rosh Hashanah and now moving into, into tabernacles. Powerful, powerful things. We don't celebrate the Day of Atonement the way they did before because the Day of Atonement before was, was something that they would do to go and ask for forgiveness of sins. We, our sins have been forgiven because of Jesus. Amen. We can recognize Him as our atonement. No question. But I don't want to get into all of that. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. See, you guys are badly behaved. You get me to do that. What's so important that we recognize during this time, when I think about these children of Israel in the wilderness, there was really a few things that stand out. The one thing is that the presence of God was with them. God's presence was in the tabernacle. And that's one of the other things that they celebrate, the tabernacle, the presence of God being with them in the wilderness. His presence went with them, provided for them, led them. Moses said that if your presence doesn't go with us, we're not going. Because God was you know, tired of the people. Well, anyway. So they celebrated his presence and then his provision. So tonight we're going to pray a blessing over you. 
And this blessing is a blessing that was prayed from years gone by. You'd all know it. We'll share it in just a moment. And I've done this before during one of the feasts, but because it's an anointing service tonight, I really felt led to do this. I'm going to share this blessing with you, explain it to you, and then I'm going to pray it over you tonight. Oftentimes you'll hear this and you don't really understand just how powerful it really is. Remember, the feasts are the times of the Lord where He wants to meet with us. So you need to know already you have an advantage over any other time of the year. It's a feast time. He wants to meet with you. Amen. Let's go to Numbers 6, verse 24. Numbers 6, verse 24. This is a priestly blessing. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. How many of you want that blessing on your life? Amen. So what does it really mean? The first thing we need to look at is right from the very beginning, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you in Hebrew, basically the word bless there means to be abundant, to be prosperous. You see, prosperity is not a curse word. It can be abused, but it's not God's prosperity is wonderful thing. God wants to bless you, prosper you. Amen. He actually wants you to live an abundant life. That's his plan for you. So your mind must begin to grasp that concept. Listen, God wants to bless me. And part of that blessing is being prosperous. He wants to prosper you. The Bible tells us that that same word in the Hebrew means to be abundant. God wants you to have a prosperous and an abundant life. So when it says the Lord bless you, it doesn't just mean bless. It means to be abundant. It means to be prosperous. It means to be fertile. It means to be fertile. Come on, there are some people here that are trusting God for a baby. During this feast. During this feast, if you are trusting the Lord, this feast is your feast. This is the feast where God will give you breakthrough. Come on. If there's one thing I know about God, is He honors His Word. Come on. Amen. He'll give you ideas. He'll bless you. The Lord bless you. So powerful. So powerful. Psalm 128 verse number 9 says, The Lord bless you out of Zion. And may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Psalm 133 verse 3 says, It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. That's what the blessing is, life forevermore. Listen, God wants to bless you, prosper you, cause you to be abundant, cause you to be fertile. Come on. I don't know about you, but I think that's so powerful. So powerful. He goes on and he says, the Lord keep you. So it's the Lord bless you and keep you. The word keep there is so powerful in the Hebrew. It means, 
It means to keep us. It means to preserve us. It means to watch over us. It means to protect us. So when we say, the Lord bless you and keep you, it's not just like keep you. It's like, it's so powerful. It has so much meaning. It means to preserve you. So when your enemies come against you, when life gets a little bit difficult, I want you to know God will preserve you. He will get you through it. Amen. God is watching over you. That's what it means. He keeps you. He watches over you. For some of you, that might always be good, not always be good, but He's watching over you always. Watching over you. At night, when you feel afraid, you need to know that He is right there watching over you. You have nothing to fear. No, no, nothing to fear. It says that He will watch over you. He will protect us. It means to protect us so the Lord will keep you. He will protect you. He will protect you from fiery darts. He will protect you from the plans of the enemy. God will protect you. This priestly blessing is extremely powerful. It's not just a song. Although it's a beautiful song. It's not just that. It has a lot of rich meaning. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Did you hear that? He keeps you. The Lord bless you and keep you. He who keeps you will not slumber. Listen, you might sleep, but he does not. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. It's like every single one of the meanings of that word is right there in this psalm. He will preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. That's good news. He shall preserve your going out and coming in from the, from the time forth to even forevermore. He will preserve you. God will keep you, preserve you. Amen. Genesis 28, 15 says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Amen. He goes on in verse 25 and he says, The Lord make his face shine upon you. This is one of my favorites. What you don't want is to not be in that place. And scripture says that the Lord's face, listen, Psalm 30, verse number seven. Psalm 30, verse number seven. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was troubled. When the Lord's face is not shining on you, when His presence is not in your life, I want you to know that it is not a good place to be. Deuteronomy 31 verse 17 says, Then my anger shall be arised against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured Let's just stop right there. 
there is a blessing that the face of the Lord can shine upon you, the blessing, the hand of the Lord, the presence of the Lord can bless you and be with you. That's what we want. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Exodus 33, 14 says, And he said, My presence will go with you. The reason why I'm using the word presence there is because the word in Hebrew, face and presence is the same word. It's the same word. So his presence, his face shines upon you. It's such a powerful blessing. If we have these things in our lives, we can do anything. We can achieve anything. Amen. He shall make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The word gracious in the Hebrew means to, to have compassion. To have compassion. To have favor and to show mercy. The, grace, the, graciousness, the gracious, graciousness and mercy and favor of God is so important. How many of you want that in your life? Yeah. Psalm 25, 16 says, Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. If, you, if you're sitting here this evening and, and you feel that way, you feel like you're, like you're being afflicted, you feel like you, you, you feel abandoned, you feel broken, whatever it is that you're struggling with, I want you to know that, that this type of prayer can release a blessing of mercy over you that will set you free from that. Amen. We serve the God of mercy. Psalm 102.13 says, You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the, time of, for, for, for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. How many of you believe that favor is yours? Amen. And then he says, The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Could also say, to smile upon you. He's showing pleasure towards you. Psalm 4 verse number 6 says, There are many who say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart more than in, 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 the, in the season that their grain and the wine increased. There's no, there is nothing better than, than the Lord's countenance shining upon us. The Lord's favor, the, the Lord's hand being upon us. There is nothing like it. Can you say amen? amen. Psalm 89 verse 15 says, blessed are, those, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In the light of your countenance. And then the last thing, and I'm sort of going through this fairly quickly. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And even this evening as I began to pray right at the beginning, I really felt that many people right now need God's peace. A supernatural peace. A peace that surpasses understanding. A peace that goes beyond your feelings. A peace that comes from inside your spirit. 
We know that the word peace means shalom. It actually means righteousness with God. It means full well-being. That's what it means. It's a powerful, powerful word. Psalm 122 verse 6 says, pray for, the, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your places. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Tonight, as we begin to pray for everybody, this is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for you. I am a priest. I'm a pastor, same thing. And so I'm going to pray this prayer over you tonight. And I'm trusting God to, during this season of tabernacles, during this time, the set time that He has put aside for us to remember His deliverance, to remember His provision and His presence, that He would come and meet with each and every one of us. And this blessing is the blessing that I'm praying over every one of you, your families, your children, over each and every one of you. Amen. I know it was a short word, but if I have to preach longer, we'll be here till very late because there's a lot of you. Amen. So what I want to do is let everybody stand just for one moment. Before we begin to pray, I just want us to just surrender our hearts to the Lord. If you've come here this evening and your life isn't right with God, give your heart to Him tonight. I believe He wants to encounter with you. He wants to encounter you. He wants to tabernacle with you. If you have unforgiveness, if you need to forgive somebody tonight, forgive them. The Bible says that if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. So tonight, I'm... I'm I beseech you, brethren, to forgive. Forgive the hurt. Forgive the pain. Forgive the person that offended you. Let them go this evening. And the last thing I want us to do is to just tell the Lord how much we love Him. Tabernacles is a time to remember what He has done. But I know how good He is, and He always responds by blessing us. So let's take just a moment and worship Him just for a moment. Let's just worship Him. Father, we love You. We worship You. We honor You tonight, Lord. Right there where You are, just begin to raise Your voice. We love You, Lord. We love You, Lord. And we can never be the same. There we are.
just love you so much. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place. Father, you know where everyone's at, every individual person. You know everything about them. Have your way in this place. We give you thanks, all the glory and honor as we pray your blessing over every family, over every household. Father, I pray that bondages would break, that the power of the enemy would be totally destroyed, that darkness would be removed in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that passion and zeal would be ignited in the hearts of people this evening in this place. Lord, cause us to be revived tonight in this place in the name of Jesus. And Father, we will always give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That's right. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.